0: Welcome to Your Highness podcast. I'm Diana Crash, your host, and I am joined by the lovely and wonderful Morgan Christine today. She's going to be my guest co-host.
1: Hi, how's it going? It's it's going.
0: Um, it's going pretty pretty well because you're with me. So.
1: Happy belated birthday! Did you have a good one?
0: Yes, I went to the farm with my little one, and I got to see him play with farm animals. Well, not play with them, but you know interact and that was fun <laughs> my how life has changed <laughs> oh. i didn't like do shrooms to go to the beach like i did what like four years ago
1: <laughs> oh i love it good for you guys but yeah
0: so we're gonna start this episode as i do with every episode and we're gonna start with our favorite recent discoveries or recent happenings um I should really have a name for this Segment, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so my favorite product is um, the line is called Zveda, and I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly because it's Z V E D A. And uh, we've reviewed some of the other products from this line on, on an earlier Beauty with Barb segment. But the creator of this line, Joanne Matson, she is an Ayurvedic healer and. Um, Her knowledge is endless when it comes to using Ayurvedic um, healing modalities, for lack of a better word. There are a lot of different ways that that that, that is incorporated. But this product is called Swish. It's Z-W-I-S-H. And it's an Ayurvedic mouth-pulling oil. And it has uh, CBD in it, uh, along with some sesame seed oil. Menthol, peppermint, and clove essential oil, and wow, it, yeah, it's really um it's pretty great. I know some people are probably like, "Oh, pulling oils," you know, because that was pretty, that was a pretty heavy trend there for a minute. But
1: <laughs> so, what do you do? Do you put it in your mouth and swish it around? Yeah, it's
0: like the names, swish. Um, <laughs> you just basically swish it in your mouth for it says up to twenty minutes. I've only been able to make it like five, but. I don't even think five. I think I'm exaggerating. <laughs> <But> <laughs> it, it makes my my mouth feel really great, and because um, I have a lot of like teeth pain and things like that, so oh,
1: I nice. And then you spit thing. it out. Yeah, no, you, yeah, yeah, you spit it out.
0: Um, so it's just like a a rinse,
1: you know. Nice. But
0: uh, I highly recommend uh, pretty much all the products I, that I've tried. I shouldn't say pretty much. I recommend the whole product line, but I haven't tried the entire product line yet. What i meant to say um i
1: love your job
0: yeah so
1: definitely
0: <laughs> <laughs> um go to <laughs> go to Z-Beta.com. it's z acom and i'll put the links in the show notes but uh, also if you follow us on instagram you'll you've probably seen some of the posts in regards to this line and you'll be seeing more so Keep an eye out for that. Nice. So what's your favorite discovery, Morgan? I love... <laughs> <laughs> Not being searched at the
1: airport. <laughs> I sure do. Oh my God. I couldn't believe it. I went to Texas recently to pitch high society hair care products to a major retailer down there. And I, I, I had to take my cannabis with me yeah and I I took it all prepackaged um joints mm-hmm. and I took a um a brand new cartridge pen with me with some delicious chocolate flavored bake pen and they searched my entire bag and they found it all and wouldn't you know they left me a nice little love note saying that they searched my bag and they left it all there they even left my produce that I had uh, i had smuggled in from yakima peaches that i was taking to my mom in texas and they left all of it there and so i was really i was really happy i was was really quite impressed that i didn't get any That's of it awesome. taken from me so thank you tsa for not confiscating yeah, i feel like if it cannabis. had
0: me it would have <laughs> i get searched all the time i they <laughs> even searched my hair last time i was traveling so it's like you know and meanwhile, my uncle has, like, all the things that you're not supposed oh to gosh. have, like, in his pockets. And he just walks right by. They're like, oh, you're good. And me, they're, like, shaking my hair. <laughs> Pretty much strip searching me, oh you know. And I'm like, gosh. what did I do?
1: <laughs> oh, and, you know, I just read, too, that a woman was from Canada had CBD, not even THC, and she is banned from entering oh my the country. God with CBD. Isn't that, that bullshit is beyond
0: bullshit? Yeah.
1: So how does that I mean what is what is the deal? I mean, what can we just figure this <laughs> st- just just get rid of all the regulations when it comes to cannabis really? and hemp? Just forget it. Just let us go. Cross the borders, make it internationally acceptable. Yeah. It's just yeah. make it not cool. Just,
0: just get over it already. Just make it legal. <laughs> all the way.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, I got I got pulled out of line once for uh, leaving Amsterdam. I didn't have space cake in my pocket, but I had a tulip bulb, and the dog and the little dog came and sat by me, and I thought for sure, you know, I had some seeds or something stuck in my pocket, but it wasn't. It was the freaking tulip bulb that I bought at the airport in the airport, and they confiscated it. Unbelievable. Yeah, I've
0: had I've had a um major incident over lighter, so
1: (laughs) an international incident
0: what am i gonna do really Uh, but anyway so speaking of ridiculousness we have a lot of that going on in the country right now Um, just in the world yeah there's so much going on it's just overwhelming um (laughs) it's like there's no other words for it but it can feel like we don't have any control at all from time to time and I think we still need to recognize where we do have control, where we can make some change, because there are there are spaces for that. Cannabis is one of those spaces, I think, don't you, Morgan?
1: Absolutely. There's there's equal. There is a place for everybody in this industry.
0: Yeah, I think we're poised to actually have a real equal opportunity industry for once. Hopefully. I mean, I think there's still some hope there.
1: There has to be. But we can do more.
0: Right. We absolutely can do more. And even those of us who don't have a lot of resources, there's still more. (laughs) Is that an airplane?
1: Is that my house? Yes. (laughs) Sure is. Let me go close my door. (laughs) Okay.
0: (laughs) So. I think that there are a lot of ways that we can avoid making this uh, like every other industry. One of those ways is to avoid gatekeeping. And I think a lot of us tend to associate gatekeeping with power and money. And while that is obviously true, there are other ways that people can gatekeep without realizing it. And uh, I think we're going to go through some of those ways right now. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, in my world I, I see this a lot so um, I'm just pre- prefacing that <laughs> what I'm about to say with that this isn't coming out of thin air here um, pay freelancers, especially content creators because uh, a lot of times not just cannabis specifically and, and pretty much across the board, people think that exposure and you know compliments, are enough to pay the bills for content creators but surprisingly it's not
1: <laughs> yeah and and i would think too in this day of um, blog creation everybody needs more content so their search results on their web pages come up higher i'm, right? I'm learning that myself and so everybody mm-hmm. wants well, can you write a blog can you yeah. write an article can you write my pages so seo blah 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 is that true is that what you're saying oh my too? god
0: it's, and but what i hear so many times is I can do it myself, but I just don't have the time, which is kind of like the reason why most people have jobs, right? Mm-hmm. right. <laughs> right. Is, because right. we don't all have time to do every single thing in the world. So yeah, that's why there's people who have jobs out there to do those things. And that's why they get paid. So pay your yeah. writers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and do writers normally get paid per piece or by the word or by I mean, the hour?
0: right. I mean, that's all dependent on the project. So I mean, I'm not but um typically, you know, per word. But the sad thing is is that the the rates have not gone up in in a very long time mm. and And with so many people in this digital age thinking that they are writers as well, it makes it difficult to you know argue the case sometimes. So, just respect people's time just as much as you want yours respected. It's not that difficult. <laughs>
1: well, I hear, I hear a lot of people in the cannabis industry don't get paid, and that's for yeah. major publications that right. we've heard of. Right. And maybe we shouldn't name them all here, but I've heard of them. Right. That actually will will take time, maybe 30, 60, 90 days to pay a writer. when They're well-funded. Uh-huh.
0: Oh, yeah. There's uh, a very common issue of frozen assets, which, you mm-hmm. know, that's another conversation, but um, <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: it's
0: it, the thing is, if you're having events and and uh, big promotional things that cost money, that clearly cost money, then don't right. tell people you don't have it in the budget to pay a fair wage,
1: because especially when ever...
0: the yeah, sorry,
1: me the if you have a gold sponsorship that you says that they have their twenty thousand dollar gold sponsorship and they got right. paid for that, then right. and then they don't have the fifteen hundred dollars to pay their writer right yeah
0: or they have luxury events with like lots of giveaways and things like that it's like these don't just things don't just happen without money so um it's a slap in the face to freelancers who are working really hard to create this content for you and a lot of people don't think about how much time goes into these projects so just try to keep that in mind people and um and hopefully we can change that that area a little bit more so, Morgan, what's another way people gatekeep without realizing?
1: I don't think you should deliver your content until you get paid. I'm just saying, throwing it out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, some people don't. And that's a good yeah. practice, but, you know, anyway. <laughs> uh, so another issue that is uh, is considered gatekeeping in a lot of ways, um, especially to the community disability community. Um, it's how some of these events are not accessible to things like people who have wheelchairs or people who have auditory, um, processing issues. So I know it's overwhelming because you're a new business. This is a new industry. There's a lot to deal with. There are a lot of moving plates. Um, I get that, (laughs) But, but we can do better. Like you just said, right? So that's right. We're going to put links in the notes, but there are some really great um, places that you can start. Okay. So one of those places is Americans for Safe Access.
1: They're pretty amazing. Steph Share, who runs that organization, we've been talking about her forever at the Cannabis Women's Alliance. Talk about a strong female role model. Really? Um, yeah. That, those, those guys are amazing. Being able to get people in. You know people who really need it and they need to have safe access to their products you know 33 states that have adult use or medical programs mm-hmm. you know they're they've been on the front in the leading push for all of it thank goodness Ooh.
0: another accessibility issue is for people who need uh interpreters for american sign language Right. So at your events, you know, see if your sponsors will give an, an extra percentage that will go toward making your event a more accessible space. And you can also um, check out the National Cannabis Disability Association. It's a newer association, but I've been a contact founder of it. And um, you want to contact them for ways your business or your event or your webinar or whatever is being more accessible. A good place
1: to start. I got to give some really good props to HempFest last weekend here in Seattle. HempFest has an amazing access for people with wheelchairs. I'm not sure what they did for the hearing impaired. Usually they have some programming, um, but it was packed. Lots of wheelchairs, people ro- rolling around the fest and, you know, it's people were actually enjoying cannabis. I myself partook at 420 at the main stage. There was music, there was food, there was, you know, people just still wanting to know when we can have, you know, when will the plant be fully free? There was a, some problems um, with expedios as a new corporate greed happening that wouldn't let them all use the um some of the parking access and for the the north end of the park, which was kind of a headache. But still, you know, the news the the local news still was stigmatizing the people who were smoking, you know, as being stoners and it was still you know, still yeah. so much work to do.
0: But yeah, let's make it first and foremost accessible to people who need it the most. So, you know, to bring it back to how people mm-hmm. can Just try with the resources that they have. Just think about some basic things that you can implement that will make your space more inclusive because, I mean, cannabis can help so many people and that's what we're all here for. So let's really try to like stick to our word in that regard. And so the next thing is have scholarships and grant programs for your events and workshops. Make your education accessible. Make your resources accessible. Um, there are multiple ways that can happen,
1: like the one Tokativity is doing.
0: yes, Tokativity has long been doing that they're they're definitely uh pioneers in that regard since they started, they've been trying to make sure that um a portion of whatever they raise goes towards scholarships so if you can't- af- uh, you can't afford going to one of their events, they often allow trade you know if if it's um possibility like if you can you know help them with the event or something like that um but they also uh have scholarships available for low income and minority women so definitely check that out another one i just became um aware of is called t-pad and it's in my uh state i'm living in right now maryland so yay maryland um
1: (laughs) (laughs) go maryland
0: right i'm excited that maryland's been doing some good things uh, and one of them is this Pad, which uh, we're going to have the founder on soon, so that'll be cool. Um, and it's a sister of Cannabis Maryland, LLC. But anyway, they have a Pad scholarship. And the contributions net fees support the Pad scholarship, which um, supports black entrepreneurship. So uh, check that out. That's TPAD.co. So I'll have the link in the notes. I'm sure there are plenty of other grant programs. I know that um, there are some bigger companies that have scholarships and such. So it, I'm sure that you know they're out there. But I'll link to ones that I know about
1: in in this episode notes. So
0: fantastic!
1: That website looks great. <laughs> I'm going to come out there.
0: I want to go. I know. Actually, T Pad's having an event in October that looks really fun, and um, it's like a a Roaring Twenties or something theme, It's a jazz theme or something. It looks fun. So I'm going to try to go to that. Hopefully I have childcare. <laughs> there's another way you could make your event more successful if possible. Try to find childcare. I know there's a lot of legality issues, but try to work your way around it if you can. Um, so another way, I feel like I'm just like rambling on and on. Feel free to chime in here. Uh, morgan because i'm just like I'll chime. <laughs> I'll
1: chime i'll <laughs> chime
2: uh
0: so another thing i've been seeing a lot is a lot of these lists of influential women in, in cannabis you know uh the top women. oh
1: yes these, top 100 top <laughs> 10 top, top, top five
0: right and i mean they're 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 quite uh, ridiculous sometimes
1: <laughs> let's just be honest. oh yes 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 um how do you get on those lists i to, I have no idea, <laughs> clearly. Oh, there, well, there's a there's a new one coming out because I see it. I can, I can see all my girlfriends. They're all going, okay, oh, the right. new list is out, vote for me. Right, there
0: is one that's uh, <laughs> taking votes right now, and some people have some very heated opinions about it, that's <laughs> all we will say. Um, yeah. But <laughs> the reason we're bringing that up is because if you're going to make a list and you're going to ask for votes, why don't you do just a little preliminary research first and see, who's been doing the damn work?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Because they're most likely women of color. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of these lists do not um, heavily include that. So, Let's change that, shall we?
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. Heavy lifters usually don't apply. Right. You you know, right. does not it always seem that way? The people who actually, do, they don't have time to nominate themselves, no. you know? So
0: if you think you're going to nominate, you know, Fru Fru, uh, Smokey Bear, whatever name, you know, whatever <laughs> fun name that is, person that's just became an influencer five minutes ago, look at what's going on in this industry you know please
1: mm-hmm. oh that's a tough one <laughs> Morgan
0: I don't know what you do why
1: do we got to pay attention to lists anyway well that's true you know?
0: I mean it they're they're pretty much as arbitrary as this uh, you know high school yearbook lists. Like which I never was ever in high school enough to be a part of,
2: <laughs>
0: so <laughs> that's how I feel about it. Yeah. But it is a way of gatekeeping because it does give people a platform and and it promotes businesses and brands. So you know, keep that in mind as well. And I think right. that's enough of rambling on on my end. <laughs>
1: Oh, I just love your rambling, girl. We should do this more often. Uh,
0: Definitely. Come back anytime, Morgan. (laughs) Please stick around all the time. Um, But before we go, the next uh, interview that we're going to have on this episode is a a really good one, if I can say so myself. Um, We're going to be talking to Peak Extract CEO and founder, Katie Stem, who is a licensed Chinese herbalist. She's a scientist. She has Crohn's disease like me, so of course I fangirled out. Of course I was just like a total geek during this episode um, because she is just so full of knowledge, and she's so interesting. And part of Peak Extract's really cool origin story is that Katie um, is partnered in business with her partner in life, Kate. And if you go to their website, you can see their, their the background and, and how they came to make this company. Um, And they have some really awesome products. Unfortunately, I can't access them because I live in Maryland, but if you're in Oregon, you should definitely check out peak extracts. Um, So that's the interview that's in this episode, but, um, since I was just talking about partners in life and, and business partners, Morgan, do you want to talk a little bit about high society, high uh, high society, high care, <laughs> high society, hair care, <laughs> which I freaking love, okay? That's I great. don't just put my name behind just any hair oh product. okay? I like I'm an important oh person, gosh. but I'm just uh, you know.
1: <laughs> i I don't know how I got so lucky. You know, my man does my hair. And so when he was like, well, like two wonderful tastes that go great together. We're like peanut butter <laughs> and chocolate. We're like yes. CBD and hair I've been care. This
0: to be a real thing for so long, and then when you emailed me, we like, guess what? This is my product. I was like, shut up!
1: No way! It is so amazing. I know. So we, you know, we we just started not even six months ago. And so we've got sales now in Wyoming and Utah and Oregon here in Washington. We've got it in some salons and CBD stores and glass and goodies stores. And now we're talking to major distribution stores in Texas. I just got back from uh, down (laughs) in San Antonio, you know, and, (laughs) and now back here in Washington and I've got some major follow-up to do. And we've, We're looking now at new some new hair care products like a deep conditioner, a foaming scalp detox to get all that sebum built. You know that sebum stuff. It's called dank. (laughs) Could you imagine?
0: Dang. I did not learn that. I so, was yeah. oh, <laughs> <cool>. um, <laughs> no, but I do know what you're talking about. And I'm so happy because I'm almost out of my detox scrub. So,
1: oh, it's coming your way. And if
0: you're doing a leave-in conditioner, please tell me you're doing a leave-in
1: conditioner. Yes, there is. But, um, I'm working with Michael Gutson of Guts and Glory. Yes. And he's my partner in all things creative. He did our Cannabis Women's Alliance posters cool. and a whole bunch of other Designs for the cannabis industry here in Washington State and beyond because he is the man, yeah. and uh, yeah, he's amazing. And so he's uh, still cooking up all some of these the new names and designs of the uh, next four products that are coming out. Mm-hmm. And so we're just uh, we're just just doing it here, just blanketing, trying to get it all into the stores. And I love it. I love it. Couldn't too. be happier. And people need to
0: follow you on Instagram at yes,
1: please. <laughs> what is our instagram high society hair care on instagram and high care high care what did i say in high care high society hair care yeah Boom. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah so uh definitely check that out and um if you haven't already followed your highness on instagram please do the um Instagram handle is Your Highness Podcast and on Twitter it's at Highness Podcast because Your Highness Podcast was taken apparently (laughs) so anyway Uh, (laughs) uh, and also um, I might put some links in this episode note from what we spoke about earlier but some additional links for people to check out when they're trying to be more accessible and inclusive so yeah Thanks for spending your time with me today, Morgan.
1: I am so
0: happy to be talking to you as always. Please come back over and over.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Yes, anytime sister, you are the best. I wouldn't be doing it without you, girl. You're the best.
0: (laughs) Our guest on this episode is
1: Katie Stem, CEO
0: and founder of Peak Extracts. STEM has more than 10 years of laboratory science experience and has experimented in the fields of physiology, pharmacology, and neurology using natural products and pharmaceutical interventions for human diseases. She completed her degree in traditional Chinese medicine and became a nationally certified licensed herbalist and acupuncturist. For more on her story and how Peak Extracts was started, check out peakextracts.com. So, Katie, what was the impetus behind the creation of Peak Extracts?
2: Well, let's see. I moved to Oregon in 2004 Mm -hmm. to pursue a job at OHSU, which is a research hospital here. Mm -hmm. And um, I I moved here, and I had been diagnosed with Crohn's three years earlier. And so I, I moved here knowing that there was a medical marijuana program, and it was something that I was interested in pursuing because... I had had really poor luck with Western medicines up until that point to treat my Crohn's. And so I got hooked up with a GI doctor on the Hill at OHSU and he suggested that I try cannabis and get a card for it. Um, and so I went through that route and I was in the medical community for almost a decade before peak extracts started. Mm-hmm. And during that time, I started making my own single strain chocolates and exploring the differences between the strains to treat my condition. And I discovered pretty early on that some of them really helped and some of them didn't help at all. And so I just became really interested in that from almost a scientific perspective. Mm -hmm. And so in 2006 or seven, I started making the chocolates in earnest and um, sharing them with my other patients. And... um. And it just kind of snowballed into this idea of, well, maybe we can turn this into a business. And um, my partner, Kate Black, she and I started dating in 2011. And right around 2013, we, we started talking about doing it for real. And so we invested in an extraction machine to make CO2 oil. And we just went for it. That's amazing. And so we, we formed the company in 2014 that's
0: so cool and i love your story especially as a fellow crohn's disease uh, patient <laughs> um, who also has never seen any luck with the western medicine i mean it's just it's incredibly refreshing to see someone with the scientific background who has that you know health history do something like this. It's just so exciting. And um, also, I mean, what an incredible background you have. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Very intimidated over here, Um, but also so inspired. Um, So speaking of your background, which well, I mean, we could really go into, but you have a, a really incredible background with laboratory science, and you spoke a little bit about that. But can you speak to that a, a little more? How that shapes your
2: work with Peak on the daily basis? Totally. So I I started working in labs when I was pretty young. Um, I grew up in a college town, and it was actually easier to get a job in a lab than it was to get a job at a fast food restaurant. Wow! And I was always interested in science, mm-hmm. and so. I I got into it pretty early, and my my mom's a scientist, and um, I I did it in college and then after graduation, and so I I studied mostly neuroscience and pharmacology, Mm -hmm. and so I I was certainly familiar with chemistry and extraction methods and drug dosing, that kind of thing. Um, My most recent job was at OHSU in the neurology department, and we were studying um, pharmaceutical and natural interventions for MS. And so that really got me interested in this idea of taking extracts of natural products. In this case, it was EGCG, which is a green tea extract. Um, and what it does to the compound, you know, with EGCG is a super great antioxidant, mm-hmm. but it's really caustic. Mm-hmm. And when you take it away from the plant, it, it makes it much more difficult to administer. And so... That's what got me into pursuing Chinese medicine, because there are all these amazing substances. But once you remove them from the plant, they become a lot more difficult to administer. And compliance is, of course, the biggest thing to pursue with this stuff. Like you need people to be able to take the medications without adverse effects. Absolutely. And so that got me into this idea of getting cannabis extracts and trying to preserve as much as you can out of the plant um because THC as we know with marinol it's it, you know compliance with marinol and nabilone is is really poor because nobody likes the effects right. but people don't have a problem with compliance if they're consuming marijuana itself mm-hmm. and so that that just got me fascinated wow and
0: um again you spoke to it a little bit but in what ways did chinese medicine influence the treatment of your Crohn's disease
2: well i was i was pursuing western medicine as a career and I was unsure whether I was going to do a physiology mask or a a doctorate degree in physiology or do med school. Mm -hmm. And then I started treating Crohn's with Chinese medicine. And that derailed me from the other two paths, because it was just making such a difference in my life that I wanted to figure out why and I wanted to have greater access to it. And so I put my studies of physiology on pause. And I went. And got a degree in Chinese medicine and it's it's completely changed the course of my disease and I think cannabis is a big part of that too but you know I I do a lot of Chinese herbs and acupuncture and that has really really lessened the severity of my symptoms and the frequency of my relapses and yeah and my, my whole disease course has been altered um this is a little bit off course from what I, I'm asking, but do you
0: do you think that maybe um, where you are influences the reception of of your treatment of Crohn's disease? Um, what I mean is like for me over here on the East Coast, I, I meet with resistance all the time, even though I have really improved by leaps and bounds and I'm living a much better quality of life the doctors i meet are very resistant to even the idea of cbd so do you think you know being in oregon that that is a little bit different for you
2: i th- i think so i mean there's also a lot of variation with the doctors i've seen some that are still really skeptical and i've i've had a couple that were ultra supportive mm-hmm. um i think having the research hospital here is helpful and also the fact that there has been such a long history of medical use in oregon they've seen the results right and and they have a lot of interaction with the patient populations. Um, there's a big VA hospital here too that has has had a lot of of interaction with with the cannabis population for PTSD.
0: That's great. Um,
2: and so yeah, you're right. There is there's more awareness. There's more acceptance, mm-hmm. and they realize that you know the, the culture here is so pro cannabis that they are not going to be able to take a really hard line against it without alienating their patients.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's the difference. (laughs) Hopefully, it becomes that way here soon enough. So shifting gears a little bit, can you talk about some of the challenges you faced when you opened the first adult use um, edible processing facility in Oregon?
2: Yeah, they were significant. Um, It was really tough to find a space that people would rent to us. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's something that we affectionately refer to as the cannabis tax. And so everything that we do is so much more expensive because people think either they're taking a risk in working with us, which is possible, or they think we're making tons of money and we can afford to do right. it. Right. So, Everyone thinks that. <laughs> which is, which is hilarious it because is. the only people that are getting rich off of this are those people. Right. I know. Oh. <laughs> uh. It's so funny, but, yeah. So I mean, once we secured our facility, which was super fortuitous, and it's it's really well located. I love it. Um, the The biggest issue was getting the the facility authorized by the city of Portland. The city of Portland is notoriously difficult to navigate, and they were ultra skeptical of our extraction machine, even though it's super well engineered and has tons of peer reviews around it. Um, They were also really skeptical that women could be using it um, because at the time we were an all-female team and they would come in and and like pat us on the head and be like, well, who are you going to get to run this machine? (laughs) And so that took for, that took almost 14 months to get completely through the licensing process with the city of Portland, um, which was a huge problem for our business, as you Mm -hmm. can imagine. And then the other big deal was getting the packaging all squared away because the OLCC, our regulatory body here is infamous for making changes at the last minute, or maybe even making retroactive changes. So we'll get an email saying that we have to change something on the packaging and it'll be, you know, effective a month and a half Mm -hmm. ago. Wow. And so suddenly everything we have in our facility is out of compliance and we have to redesign our packaging relabel everything repackage it and then so we have these lags where we won't we won't be able to deliver product until we're compliant again and and so that is just it's it's a constant popcorn of Mm hilarity yeah right you have to you have to laugh or also just cry right <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs>
0: um well let's let's go on a lighter topic here since you're just talking about the the woman-owned space um what are some of the biggest benefits to having a woman-owned and operated team in this space
2: well i think that it's been really fun to work with other females because it's been really i mean for lack of a better word empowering because you know we we listen to each other in a way that is, is kind of unique. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've grown and learned and I, I just feel a lot more capable and competent after doing this for the last four years. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's been super exciting. Um And beyond that, I think women are better at pivoting and not being intimidated when someone tells them no, I think we're, used to that yeah we're used to people we're used to people telling us that we can't do stuff absolutely or or that that's not something that we're meant to be doing and so cannabis is one giant exercise in not believing someone when they tell you, you can't do it. Right. <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> I haven't had anybody put it that way. Yet. <laughs>
0: that's, that's probably what attracts me to it the most, because I love to question authority. and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's talk about your ingenuity a little bit, um, which is just, Ongoing and <laughs> so incredibly impressive. Um, what is the terplock process?
2: So it goes back to what I was saying about this idea of whole herb extracts as opposed to isolated compounds from a substance. Mm-hmm. And so what we wanted to do was create edibles, particularly that have all the characteristics of of the strain. As most people know that consume cannabis regularly, every every strain feels different. Mm-hmm. And, and so we wanted to be able to preserve that in the edible experience, which, which most people are either not interested in, or they, they don't have the process to do it. Um, and so the block process is, is a way that we process the material in order to preserve the terpenes and the flavonoids. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I can't give you too much right, information, right, right. but
0: <laughs> without giving away your secrets,
2: <laughs> exactly. But it's it, it's meant to retain all of the things that we possibly can from the original plant material. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and I mean,
0: you have a lot of experience with products for your conditions. Um, what are your favorite products for personal use? You can just generalize if you'd rather not name names, <laughs> or even if you want to talk about your own products that you like to use.
2: I've been leaning heavily on the the MCT, the coconut oil tinctures lately. Um, we just released a new line of them. I and love those. It's it's they're so handy and mm-hmm. they're really easy to dose. And we're doing strain specific with those too, so it's the same terp block process. And so I have one that I use during the day that's ultra low THC and is sativa derived, mm-hmm. and so it's really clear. It's kind of energizing, but it controls my abdominal pain really well.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But but without making me high and unable to function. Right. Um. And then I have other ones that are indica or indica dominant and are more sedating for at night and that are more aggressive at treating pain if I need them. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's what I'm, I've been really using a lot of lately. Um, so do you have anything to promote or specific call to action? I would say that the tincture is the thing I'm most excited about right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we're about to release one that I'm stoked about that's a THCA tincture. Mm-hmm. And that you might be fascinated by because... THCA has been shown in a few studies to be super beneficial for Crohn's disease Mm -hmm. um, because of its ability to inhibit TNF alpha formation. And it's also an anti-inflammatory through the Cox one and Cox two system. And so I'm really excited to, to bring that to light. I don't, I don't know how excited everyone else is going to be about it because it, it doesn't get you high. Right. And we're going to have to, we're going to have to do a lot of education around why THCA is beneficial. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I haven't seen anyone else doing it. So I'm hoping that there's going to be a niche for it. Um, Absolutely. I think there is for
0: sure. And I am so excited to hear more from you and would love to have you back on anytime. Uh, Thank you so much, Katie, for spending your time with us today. And uh, like I said, again, I'd love to hear you share your wisdom with us anytime.
2: Well, I would be happy to talk to you anytime you'd like.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for listening to Your Highness Podcast. If you would like to be featured in a future episode or would like to inquire about possible sponsorship, email Your Highness at gmail.com. That's Your Highness Podcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Highness Podcast. That's at Highness Podcast. Thanks again.